You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, 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 yo. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. You ever thought to yourself, I have to start talking numbers with my team and I'm really stressed and I don't know why. Today, we talk about the eight advantages of everyone having numbers in your practice. This is critical for you to make the turn and start improving things. And it's hard to do that without numbers. I have two of our amazing coaches with me today on this podcast, Heather Crockett and Courtney Dalton. It is awesome. Listen up. I know you guys will enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. Hey, you know the jam here. Our goal is to create some great information for you so you can create a better practice and better life. I have two amazing coaches on today to help you figure out one of the toughest challenges you'll ever have as a dentist is this whole numbers thing and why it's important to talk about numbers and why there's advantages to talking about numbers with uh, Heather Crockett and Courtney Dalton. Thank you both for being on. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, we're excited. Hi, can't wait. Can't wait. Now, normally I'd have you guys do an intro on who both of you are. I'll just tell you as a listener who you're listening to. They're two amazing coaches. They're so talented and they're all in on uh, coaching dental practices. Uh, And I do want to just talk about the why. Let's start here because a lot of people listening to this is the challenge for most people is you think, I don't want to talk numbers. And I'll give a little bit of my journey. I was terrified to talk about numbers when I first got started because I love people. I love people. I never wanted to be about numbers. I never want them to hear it's all about money. And then you make this transition one day to, I have to talk about numbers. And things get better instead of worse. Let's talk about the why. Why do the dental practices, the two of you coach, struggle often with this concept? Who wants to go first? Heather does. does. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love it. <laughs> why do we struggle with it? That's your question. Yeah. Uh, why is this important? Practice. Why is it so important for a dental office to learn this concept? 
oh my gosh, it's crazy important. Without numbers, we don't have any data. And without that data, then we can't make any changes to what really matters to the practice and to our lives. Yeah. And you find, let me, let me just ask you about that. I mean, this is one of the, the bridges we help dentists get over is this like, okay, I got to talk numbers. Once they start doing it, does it get better or worse? I'm kind of leading you with the question. Uh, it could do both truthfully, right? It gets better over time. Absolutely. But in the beginning, it can feel really icky and awkward. That's why I'm saying it kind of feels worse in the beginning because it does feel weird. It feels sticky because we may not have much experience with it. So it just feels kind of wonky. Do things get better? Yes. As long as we're talking about the numbers and putting some countermeasures in place to continue making them better so that we reach our goals. Very well said. Courtney, what do you think? I I agree. I think to answer the question, why do we struggle with tracking? If if a team has never been asked to do that and then they're asked, suddenly they're aware of the disconnect between what they didn't know and what they now know. And usually the first issue is, well, what do we do? Now what do we do? Now that we know what we didn't know before, and it feels overwhelming and to to echo Heather, it's super sticky because it's it's sort of unknown territory. So now we've pointed out where the disconnect is. And now the next question is, how do we, where do we go from here? Yeah. Now we have a download for this particular podcast. We're going to put it in the show notes because I know you're not taking any notes when you're driving or walking or doing whatever you're doing when you're listening to a podcast. So we're super grateful for that. So we're going to take notes for you. So if you go to the notes, you're going to see there's a download and in full transparency, I'm going to tell you where we got it from. A guy named Gino Wickman. Now Gino just says it really well. And if you haven't read the book Traction, I'm going to encourage you to read the book Traction. It's a very dry read. But what he does in this book is we've made this very dental specific, but the concepts he created, and it is awesome. So where do we start? Like, who wants to mention the first one? Courtney does. I can't. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about the first advantage, right? Yes, the first advantage. I'm sorry. So numbers cut through murky subjective communication between manager and direct reports. It's data. It's not emotional. It's not anything except what it is. It's a number. tells us if we're on track or off track. Are we moving this way or are we moving that way? It's not, I think you're doing a bad job. It's, well, this was the goal and this is where we fell, whether it's, you know, below or or above. So it's not murky at all. It's crystal clear. Yeah. It's big advantage. Big Mm -hmm. advantage. And so Curtis, if you're listening, you know where this came from. He gave me this one. If you and I are talking and we don't have any data, we're just talking. You're talking about how hard you're working. You're talking about how you feel. And as you could imagine, that is a potentially emotional conversation. So the data, if you look at the brain science behind it, it takes us to the logical place first before we get emotional. And then one last thing, and Heather, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. There's two different economies. I learned this from Dan Sullivan. There is the time and effort economy and there's the results economy. And the time and effort economy economy, you can't win. It's just all about how hard we're working and, you know, how much time and how, how difficult and how hard this is. And then that's where people stay. They have a lot of equity on that side of the fence. And what you have to do over time is transition to the results economy. Look, I get it. Everyone works hard. I understand that. And when you have a group of people that think in terms of results, no, we just get results. And when we get stuck, we can communicate. Results start with numbers. So you cut through the subjective 
murky stuff that's a challenge when you're talking to team members. Heather, what are your thoughts on number one? Well, as you were just saying, Kirk, like we're, there's that time and effort. We're busy, we're busy, we're busy. We feel like we're doing all the things. Well, what do we have to show for our effort? And that is that results. So we can be busy or we can be focused and we can get, actually get some things done. And that speaks to advantage number one in a huge way. Yeah. Heather, I'm writing that down. We can be busy or we can be focused. Yeah. I learned and- that from Kirk. I well, love it. Hey, 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 <laughs> let's pass around the credit here. I actually learned that from, from my coach. Uh, her name is Jamie, and she said busyness is a focus issue. And I love that. When she said it, I had chills down my spine. You know, the, the busyness thing is a focus issue. We only have so much time, and we can only be focused on the right things. How about if we do this? I'm going to mention them. You guys comment on them. So that way we go from our top 10. Number two, the second advantage to everyone having a number is they create accountability. Heather, what's that mean? Accountability, it requires accounting, (laughs) right? So we're going to make sure that we have set clear expectations and clear goals and the numbers that are in there, that's what we're using to keep track of that. And then we can hold each other accountable to what we said we're going to do. Yeah. Courtney, you agree? A hundred percent. If you know what the goal is, and if you are someone who's responsible for bringing a certain set of those data points with you to your weekly team meeting, which if you're not having it, you should be, then you can't ask someone to do anything. You, You have to know what that data point is or what the goal is and be accountable to it, to reporting on it, to understanding what it really means and how it benefits the practice overall. Yeah. And if you guys listen to a podcast a little further back with Miranda Beeson, another coach, you're going to see this trigger. I have a trigger. And one of the triggers is the word of accountability. I love the word, but I think it's been poorly defined in the business world. Accountability often refers to, or people use it in the context of trust. You know, accountability, account. I want accountability. Well, it's a trust issue. No, it's not. Accountability requires accounting. It's a data issue. And I mean, I use this example all the time. Raising teenage daughters, accountability is a time. You know, raising kids, accountability is a grade. I know you're working hard. The grade shows us everything. Uh, So the accountability issue is a data point. And so if you can get your brain around the accounting in accountability, I think that fixes a lot of things. So it's important to make that transition. We're going to talk about how you can implement this in your office, but these are some of the ground rules. The third advantage to everyone having a number is that accountable people, if we use that word, really appreciate numbers. Courtney, what's that mean? It means that they understand what that number means and how, what it reflects on. If you are, and, and these are also the people who are objective they're not subjective. They understand that the number is related to the process and they appreciate what it means to the practice overall. So there's numbers people and then there's non-numbers people and that's okay. But essentially you still have to dig through all of it to really understand where that number came from and what the point of it really is. What is it? What are we tracking? Why are we tracking it? And now that we know, what do we do with it? Yeah. Heather, you find that in the practices you coach also? A hundred percent. Yes. It just, it adds that layer of clarity and I don't want to like (laughs) blend in with number four, but I kind of do there. (laughs) Um, But it also, 
like lights a fire when you have the right person and they own a number, they really want that number to be in the green. They want to reach their goal every week because you have the right person on the right number. Okay. So that's my backup, the bus thing, like backup, backup. Okay. Back up to this. This is probably what you were alluding to at the beginning of the podcast, which is over time, it gets better. Okay. So Heather, Courtney, I have this team. I've never talked numbers. Some of them like talking about numbers. Some of them don't. If I'm consistent, like I should be with this, it's going to make some people uncomfortable and it's going to bring some of the challenges to the surface. This is what you're talking about. Over time, it's going to be a little difficult. It was hard for me, right? Do you guys find that true in dental practices? Yes, 100%. Because as soon as you start asking them, again, you don't know what you don't know. Now we know all this information and it's going to make some people feel a little bit uncomfortable. But once you know and you have an appreciation and an understanding, now we can go somewhere. Now we can really be open and vulnerable and have a great discussion about how to get from A to B together. Yeah. All right. And then Heather, Heather, we're going to go to what you were alluding to. Number four, the fourth advantage is that numbers create clarity and commitment. What does that mean? Put those together. Uh, so the clarity piece, I mean, we've talked about it, right? We, we need to, we need to have a number and every team member, they don't, they don't know what it is that we're expecting of them. Like you, you need to make sure that you have great capacity. We'll, we need to have butts in the chair in order to produce what we need to produce. We're a business. So what does that look like? Even we need to back to what Courtney said, we need to understand why. So if we understand why we're tracking it and what, what the result is going to be when that number is in the green and it, and we are hitting our goals, right. Then we have that commitment and that layer of clarity, because then I know as a hygienist, why I'm tracking my capacity and that, that piece alone helps me to take away some of that sticky and awkwardness and uncomfortableness from it. Yeah, absolutely. You see the same thing, Courtney? Yeah. I mean, it's an E minus R. If you're not setting up their lane, this this is what's expected of you. This is what I want you to know and to understand. But if you don't do that, conflict. And that's where you're back to sticky. You're back to murky. You're back to bad feelings. And it's data. It's not it's not bad. It's not, it just tells us where we are. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And she was referring to E minus R. We're going to bring you into the actinal world. E minus R equals C, which is expectations minus reality equals conflict. We use that lingo all the time. So it's like when you find the challenge in conflict, you can always trace it back to that. I actually love the advantage number four because I see it everywhere. I have a daughter that plays volleyball. And when you talk about creating clarity and commitment, you can watch these uh, young women just get fully committed when it's most volleyball sets. If you're in volleyball, you know, the first two sets go to 25. So when you're in 19 points, you say six more and we win. Then you score another point, you go five more. Everyone has extreme clarity, like super clear. It's mathematical clarity on how we synthesize the efforts of everyone involved to get to the four left, three left, two left, boom, we won. You know, and so it's, you're super locked in. And so when it comes to a dental team, when you have a goal, you know, you have a uh, something that has to be accomplished. You now, whether you have four people or 40 people, everyone knows where do we have to go and by when. I love it. Advantage number five, numbers create competition. This is where I'm going to get a little sweaty. My armpits get a little sweaty on this one. So 
I thought this would create a lot of conflict, but it does the opposite. It creates competition. True or false? Heather, no, Courtney, you go first. I'm trying to go back and forth. Courtney, you go first on this one. True, 100% true. Why? Because now if you're the right person in the right seat, you're seeing that goal or that number. And I know I'm thinking I'm going to do one better next week. I'm going to do five better. So if I'm a hygienist, I'm thinking I want to identify some opportunities to help my patients. And inherently, that's going to increase my production per hour. And inherently, I've now crushed last week's goal. So it, it really, for me, it goes back to right person, right seat. That person is going to adopt that number as their own and see the value in it and continue to be competitive, even with themselves to get a better number week after week. Yeah. Heather, your thoughts. So if you're competitive, you care, right? Ooh, I like that. You you care about the number. This is totally what Courtney just said. I'm going to piggyback off of what she said about right person. The right person cares. They care about their number. They care about the practice overall numbers, right? And if you have those people, they are going to be competitive. Uh, we Our last team week, we did the game show battle night. And I think Courtney and I would like to have a second chance because we're I would. competitive. I'm you guys lighter. tried to trick We want to we wanna win because we care. That's an intellectual <laughs> game. And one of you pushed me down. So that's like... <laughs> But right, like we're competitive because we care. So yeah, it, it, so bringing that in, if you have the right people, they're going to care enough about that number. They're going to get competitive. And like Courtney said, they're going to try to one-up themselves to um, produce a great uh, number for the practice. Yeah, now I'm older. I'm 52, if you guys listen to this podcast. And somewhere, when I got started in this journey in dentistry, it started with clarity and then it got fuzzy. Let me give you an example. And hygiene was the place that we saw it the most. A lot of offices 25 years ago, they would actually have charted production for the hygienist in the back of the room. So you would have X and Y access graph. And so the hygienist plotted their production and they also plotted what they did and they had it all up there. Somewhere along the lines, you know, 12 years ago, people were like, no competition. No, 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 no. We don't want to make it all about that. And then that's where we kind of got in trouble a little bit. If I'm a hygienist, now you're both you know, clinically trained hygienist, I'd be the worst hygienist of all time. But if we had our numbers on the wall in the back and you guys had 94% capacity and my capacity 78%, and I'm producing a lot less than you, I'm not going to say to the doc and the rest of the team, yeah, killing it. I'm still at 72 while those guys are at 94 and 92. No, there's going to be some pressure for me to up my game or I'm going to opt out. Now, if I'm the right employee, going back to what you guys said, my first thought is I like it here. I like the values. I'm new to this. I'm not the best hygienist. Courtney, can I watch you work for a day? Because I want those kind of numbers. Heather, I'm going to watch you the next day. And can you guys help me? And you know what the answer is going to be? Of course. This is where you truly can transition the relationship from being someone's boss to being their coach. Or you can have everybody coach. It's the environment we all want, but a lot of us don't know how to get there. So the competition thing is huge. And I saw that here. You know, as soon as I started putting up the coach's numbers, it got weird. They're all like, oh, I want to be that, that kind of person. I want to be up there. And so it's, it's really awesome to do that. So I'm going to encourage you, don't, don't walk away from it. Lean into it. Number six, the sixth advantage to having everyone having a number is numbers produce results. 
Let's go there. Heather, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, what it says in there is that what gets measured gets improved, but what gets measured and reported on exponentially improves. And I'd one up it to say what gets measured gets monitored. What gets monitored Mm. gets attention. What gets attention gets action. And what gets action gets results. Because there's a couple of different layers that go into that. So you have to report on that. So yes, they produce results because again, reiterating what we've already said, as long as we're reporting on it, you have the right person reporting on that number. They care, so they're competitive and they're going to one-up on themselves. Of course, that number is going to get you the results that you want. Yeah. Courtney, what's your experience? Uh, I agree. And I think to, to Heather's point, there's a difference between just putting the number down and then glossing over it and recording your number and talking about it, truly reporting on it, measuring, understanding what you're measuring and then taking action on it. So yes, numbers do produce results. And I love how Heather said, there's a few extra steps in between there that are so equally important. Yeah, now I take a lot of CE and everyone would agree, hygiene reappointment percentage is one of the most important metrics in any dental office. And this is one of those metrics that pops up the most when we're talking about this concept. If you have a team of three hygienists or 30, when they're consistently reporting on their hygiene reappointment percentage, you're gonna see the number go up because they know the target. They know where it needs to be. And our suggestion is be at least 92 to 93, 94%. That's a healthy, it should never be 100% because you've got a few people you should free up and let them go to other practices. But that's for another episode. (laughs) But what you're going to find is that once people start to do that, they will become naturally competitive and those numbers become transparent. It's actually a healthier environment than not talking about it. Uh, And let me just say this to a hygienist that might be listening. This, you might be thinking, well, this is, you know, you're just talking about a doctor to a dentist. No, I'm talking to you. If you're a hygienist and you want to make a phenomenal living and you want to improve your pay, This is your ticket. Your ticket is to tell your dentist today, and don't get mad, dentist, that I'm saying this. You should be very happy. Like, I want to be the best hygienist ever. I know that hygiene reappointment should be 92 to 94%. I know what my production per hour should be. I know what my capacity should be. I know what, you know what? I'm going to get there. And when I get there, you're going to pay me, buddy boy. So (laughs) any dentist would be happy to entertain that conversation. So it works both ways. This creates a mutually beneficial and healthy relationship. So it's really good stuff. The seventh advantage is that numbers create teamwork. What does that mean? Who wants this one? Well, I think it means when you're you're talking about these numbers, you're having that collective discussion around countermeasures. Okay, so maybe we didn't hit goal. What can we do? What are some ways that each of us can contribute towards next week, towards, you know, greening the red? You know, it's it's not just a hygienist problem if they don't hit their goal. It's also scheduling. It's also yep. the doctor talking about treatment. It's also language skills. There's it's it's so it's so much everyone in the practice that every issue bears everyone talking about it. It it has to come from the entire team because then it's their collective thoughts that get the wheels in motion towards the solution and not just one person saying, this is what we should do. Although that is warranted sometimes, I do think. Heather, your thoughts? Well, 
again, back to the word accountable, like we're holding each other accountable to these numbers too. And it allows for us to say, what can I do to help you when it's somebody's number, right? And we, we may be unsure of how to get that number where it needs to be, but the other individual team member does know they just need help from the team, right? So it, it gives the space for us to ask for help and to um, ask if somebody needs help with something as well. So I, I do think that it fosters that, that teamwork aspect hugely. Yeah. And I think of it in the global sense, like this collective confidence. So you might be a dental practice where you set a lot of goals and talked about numbers and you kind of hit them and you didn't kind of hit them. And so everyone's like, yeah, we set these goals, but we never hit them. And I was you. And when you hit goals, it's weird. People have this collective confidence. They're like, we can do better. And you say, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, we achieved all of our goals. So you become this sports team that was maybe five and five last season. And then you're seven and five. And then they go, or, no, I'm sorry. If you were five and five, you'd be seven and three. Yeah, that's right. Because you didn't add games. <laughs> and then you go to eight and two. And then you go to nine and one. And you're like, I think we could go 10 and oh and win the conference. That's slowly how it happens is it's not about, it's not about the numbers, but the numbers provide that type of confidence. You know, and again, I'll say this, we're in the city of Milwaukee. Marquette just lost this weekend. And I will tell you, I'm not the hugest Marquette basketball fan. I've been to several games, but everywhere you go, you can feel that energy from that team. Those guys know they could win. You could feel it in their faces. You could see it in how they played. Now they didn't play very well against Michigan State, but it's so much fun to watch those kids and at the end, they were all crying and it was touching how much they loved each other. And you've never seen that in prior years. So that's pretty cool. The eighth advantage to having numbers is you solve problems faster. Heather, tell us about that one. Oh my gosh, just talked to a team about this just this morning. Uh, if a number that you are tracking and reporting on goes below your goal during the week, then during your team meeting, you can sit down and go through your IDS, which is identify, discuss, and solve. So you're going to identify the issue. Well, okay, our number was below goal. Why was it below goal? And we're going to peel back the layers until we figure out what is causing this. And this team in particular had given up their treatment uh, appointment blocks on the doctor's side to new patients, yeah. which is okay sometimes. And we recognize that it was not okay to do it as frequently as we did because one of our numbers dipped down. And we, we have to remember that we're a business as well as a dental practice, right? This right. business has to, has to make money. We have to uh, be profitable. So the countermeasures we put in place was to modify the system of when, when we do give up that treatment block because we're, we're going to hold those super sacred. So we identified what the issue was. We then moved on to discuss how to fix it, right? How to solve it. And then we ultimately came up with a resolution to tweak a system and make changes moving forward so that that number goes back above and we hit our goal every week. Love it. Courtney, your thoughts? Yeah, the, when you're in the red, your problem is right there. So the, the identify is really easy. You know, it, it, it just makes it so much easier to talk about it when you know... What, what, what is the problem? Well, we're not hitting this goal. Well, stop. And to Heather's point, IDS it. Let's talk about why. And again, get the collective effort of your team to pour in their thoughts and opinions and facts 
and come up with the solution. So you're absolutely going to solve problems faster because the problems are right in front of you. If you're tracking them every week, you know what goal is, you know what's above, you know what's below. If it's below, let's talk about it. That's that's the true problem that you want to attack that week. And with the attention of the team, you can do it really quickly. Yeah. And lo- if they're the right people, you're going to get there extra, extra speedy. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Once you philosophically buy into this and slowly tar- start to take the steps in that direction, you'll see the, everything changes. You do find the right people in there. And if you're afraid to do it, sometimes you got to just get a coach. And that's what we're here for. Now, if I'm a dentist and I've been listening, I'm starting to sweat. I totally understand what you guys are saying, but you know, there's a balance here. So if I just go to my team on Monday and I'm all about numbers, 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 we got to strike the balance. How do I ensure that the focus on the numbers and performance metrics doesn't overshadow the importance of the relationships we have as a team and overshadow patient care? That's a question most people have. Like, you've seen it. You've seen dentists that are all about the numbers and the money. How do I, how do I strike that balance? Any thoughts? We need to start with the why. Why, why are we going to track numbers? Because right. if, the, if the team and the doctor understand and know the why, then the how gets so much easier and there won't be as, there won't be as much questions, right. That, that come up with that. Um, so I would say, understand the why in the beginning, before you bring it to your team, you have to have a why statement prepared. What's your reason. Courtney, what are your thoughts? Uh, That's exactly what I was going to say. The team will not care if they don't understand the why behind it. And if you give them just a couple at first, don't hit them with 87, just give them a few. Let them get really, okay, they know the why, but they have to believe in the why. And then you can expand and then you can give a little bit more. And then, you know, just like Heather said in the beginning, now it's really taken off. And now we're we're getting, we're achieving our goals and we're setting new ones and we're achieving those too. Yeah, you guys stole my answer because that was going to be my answer to the question, which is awesome. <laughs> and I, I would just add a secondary answer, which is not as good as yours or, you know, kind of in the same vein. For us, it's all about values. You know, I just got off the phone with a dentist who I love and I told them, listen, your core values, you're going to use them all for the wonderful things, you know, growing your practice, going, I'll tell you the truth of it is, is you use them in some difficult situations too. And one of the core values here at Act Dental is results driven. The reason we created that as a core value is I don't want people to be working hard, working around the weekends, all like everything we do has to be built around a result. So for us internally, numbers are important because I can't talk about results if I don't have a number. It's really important for our core values. And again, your core values and your why should guide most of the decision-making. And uh, I don't know, I just, I love this concept. And again, we have this download in the show notes. So if you need it, uh, please go down there and download it. But any last thoughts you both have on the advantages of using numbers? Heather, Courtney? I would say download download the advantages of every team member having a number, first of all. Second of all, it's okay to admit to your team, like this is new to me too. I've never done this before. It's gonna be, it's gonna be hard. It's time to get a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and that's that's okay. It's okay to say as a leader, I'm new to this too. Let's grow into this together. Love it. Courtney, what are your thoughts? Yeah, all of that and just do it. If you want to be in a 
in a better spot, whatever better looks like to you, you have to start somewhere. Just jump in. This is can be a little intimidating, but it's going to show you how to get to where you want to go. And you have to be ready to embrace it and be really excited when you finally have your team that's on board, tracking numbers, having conversations and getting results. Yeah. Just love it. it. Well, you know what they say in the South? I appreciate you. So like, <laughs> you, you guys are awesome. And I just uh, thank you guys for both being on. So uh, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Uh, we love this stuff. We love helping dentists create a better practice and a better life. I know some of this stuff stresses you out, uh, but take a deep breath. Trust us. If you go in this direction, share with your team the why, and then use these advantages. You're going to see your practice is going to get better. Your accountability is going to get better. The seats are going to get better. You're going to save so much time. You're going to save so much time and have less stress moving forward. So thank you guys for listening. Heather, Courtney, thank you guys for being on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's it's pleasure's all mine. Stick around with say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening or watching to the best practices show. If you enjoyed today, just do us a favor, hit the share button, share this with your friends everywhere. Because we love this profession. And you know what's really fun? We find more people like you. So we help them create a better practice in their life. So until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practices show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.